Hello and welcome to Ability MKE Now. We are joining you on River West Radio and happy to be here as always on uh, on live here with you. We we are um, our core crew tonight. We have uh, me. I am Sue Roscoff, and uh, we also have Kurt Roscoff here and Emily Golmer. We are um, the the current core of our Ability MKE Now team. Uh, we've had a lot of friends that have joined us over the last, uh, actually several years now that we've had the show going. And uh, I know we are missing tonight our Captain Adam. He, uh, he has a lot going on right now, so we'll be looking forward to his return in the very near future. Uh, but tonight we do have Kurt and Emily uh, Kurt, let's bring you in right away, and if you could say hello, that would be lovely. All right. Thank you, Sue. Yes, I am Kurt Roscoff, and um, pleased to still be co-hosting this show. It's um, been a great five-year-plus journey um, here at River West Radio, and you know we're in a new place now as compared to a handful of years ago and it's exciting we're over 100 episodes now and you know with tonight uh with kind of really getting to the foundation of things as they are today at this time uh really pleased to have emily gulmer on here with us executive assistant at prosperity pathways and onward and upward and the one thing that is just amazing to me that I learned through Onward and Upward is that if we look at the community of people around the Milwaukee metropolitan marketplace, the city of Milwaukee, county of Milwaukee, and so forth, and we consider our population of people with home insecurity, people who are homeless, um, houseless, and, you know, kind of in the struggle to even have the basics of food, shelter, and clothing. So when you look at the homeless community and you look within that, and with here at Ability MK now looking at disability advocacy, you know, we are united 75% um, of the way between the disability community and the homeless community because three out of four people experiencing homelessness are also in the disability community. So it's been a great alliance and cooperative effort and co-working, co-production uh, between us here at Ability MK Now and Onward and Upward as a nonprofit responding to people who are in that place of home insecurity. Um, so Emily, would you uh, do us the honor here and coming on in here and tell us a little bit more about you know who you are what you do uh how you describe onward and upward and then we also have that prosperity pathways element can you tie all this stuff together for us emily gomer uh sure um prosperity pathway started um what will be eight years coming up here in a couple months um, and, um, well, actually both and Onward and Upward was started four years ago, but both of them, um, focus on employment, um, and helping 
people find employment with Onward and Upward as a nonprofit, kind of catering more towards um, the homeless population and veterans. And um, uh, totally. So, um, actually, and tell me a little more then about what Honor and Upward does. Um, well, well, it's just basically like helping somebody like go through the, um, the whole like job search and recording in progress. Um, uh, getting like different dips and whatever not to hopefully not disqualify disqualify yourself from um at least getting an interview um but as of late um we've been going sort of more into the like the veteran part of it and then uh recently collaborating with a few veteran organizations um, in different states in the U.S. Hi, Kurt. Yep, that's right. Well, and I wanted to bring back uh, <laughs> another topic here too that we are that is uh, near and dear to what brings us all together. Um, well, several of us anyway. So, with the I, I'm kind of swapping topics here over to adaptive water skiing. Uh, this is something that we have a long history with, and uh, with Captain Adam, he is a key component of of our history with with what we've all done with adaptive water skiing. And it's kind of fun to know that at this point, things have grown like nationwide. I, we, we were very involved in what all happened here in Wisconsin, but uh, nationwide, how things have, have grown and changed is, is pretty impressive. They, just this last Sunday down in Florida, uh, they, uh, just did a Guinness world record attempt for the most number of adaptive water skiers uh, behind a single boat at one time. And they, I saw a video that they did successfully have 15, 15 sets of, of adaptive skiers behind oh, wow. one boat. That was, uh, that's quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the, the previous record was nine, if I recall correctly, and uh, it, it's not official yet. I know they're submitting all the things they need to um, to Guinness and to uh, whatever other record establishments that they can do, because uh, I know with the, the skiing associations at the national level, they, they also have records um, there that can be achieved and broken, and I'm sure they're they're sending that 
to everywhere they can. And we, now it's just a matter of, of time for them to review videos and and see what uh, what all the what all the little benchmarks are that they need to hit in order for that to be counted as as um, officially uh, breaking the record. And we even have local friends here that we ski with that were part of that. Uh, down in Burlington with the Browns Lake Aqueducts, we have some really good friends that that actually skied with the group. Uh, they, I have not caught up with them yet. They're still on vacation down in Florida, uh, but I'm looking forward to catching up and seeing some inside look at that. And I'm hoping that we can bring um, bring them into a, a future show to, to hear more about how that all transpired. Because with, if you can imagine uh, the way they did this uh, this particular event, they had the same way that we usually do, where they have an adaptive skier in a sit ski. And for the, those not familiar with a sit ski, it basically is uh, what they call a cage. It's a, a metal bracket basically that you can sit in. the The metal bracket has um, has a cloth like you know, very sturdy. Uh, type of a, a cloth that is in there for the seat itself. So you're not sitting on the metal, you're actually sitting on the cloth. So it's a comfortable seat. And then uh, you're able to hang on to the edges of the, of what, like I said, what they call the cage, which is basically the frame of the seat. And that seat is, is uh, bolted on to uh, either a wooden or, um, or whatever material that the, the ski would be made from one that we use the most uh, down with the Lindsay Legis free water ski club down in Burlington, that is actually a wooden ski. And it's about the same length as a normal ski, but uh, much wider and almost the shape of, if you can picture the shape of a surfboard, it's kind of that type of shape somewhat just to get a, a mental picture of what that is. And then often we have outriggers on there as well. Outriggers basically are another set of skis, um, whether they're trick skis, which are shorter, fatter type skis, or the longer combo skis uh, on a wire bracket, basically, that that goes on either side of, of the sit ski itself, so that when you're you're in the water and skiing forward, it, um, it's, it doesn't allow it to tip over. Basically, it has uh, a way for it to stay balanced. And then so if you, you get the picture then of what the uh, the sit ski looks like, then you also have side skiers, one on each side of the sit ski itself as well. So each when they did this Guinness attempt, there there was 15 sets of three people. So you had your adaptive skier and then a side skier on each side. So they had 15 sets. So that was 45 people behind that boat all at the same time. And they did this last Sunday morning down in Florida. And uh, from from the video that I've seen and from the feedback I've heard, I'm quite certain they will have uh, achieved what they needed to to set that new Guinness World Record for for number of adaptive skiers behind a single boat. Uh, and I couldn't be more proud of the folks down there. Uh, again, with the pictures we saw, I know there's quite a few, actually, there's quite a few people from Wisconsin that were down there. They were, they were also doing other uh, Guinness attempts for for other water ski 
topics, you know, everything from jumping to ladies ballet. To, there, there was a number of different things that they were, uh, they called it um, the chain of records. They were trying to break as many as they could in a weekend. And they, um, and the finale of it was the Sunday event with the adaptive skiing. And I know I saw some, some chatter online with, with different folks that were down there and throughout the question of uh, what was what were some highlights and takeaways for your experience down here? And there was a lot of people, those that had participated with this Sunday event that said by far and away their their most rewarding uh, experience of the entire weekend was participating in that adaptive component uh, that they did on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to hearing more and, and getting the final approval, hearing that they get the, the final approval that they've broken that record. The folks that were down uh, as part of that group as well, they were some of the core people down there uh, at that site too, are ones that were part of, of the group that came up to Wisconsin. Uh, boy, Kurt, I might need your help on this one as far as how many years back that was now, if that was six years ago that we had folks from, uh, from Florida come up and do a training in uh, Madison, Wisconsin for our Wisconsin ski teams. Uh, for learning the the best practices for doing adaptive water skiing, uh, Kurt was actually the, the the key person to make that happen all those years ago, um, coordinating all the details. <laughs> the it, it was an amazing event. We had oh gosh, seventy ish people from across the state that were trained that weekend in in all all the aspects of how to be a side skier, how to fit people to the appropriate equipment you name it, plus getting to sit in a sit ski and actually experience what it's like to be a rider that way as well. That I, I was very happy to have that experience. Uh, it, honestly, quite eye opening to have that moment where, you know, I'm, I'm usually a stand up skier. I'm part of a ski team. So I've, I'm used to being on skis and being on the water. And I've done a lot of adaptive helping with a lot of adaptive skiing over the years. And to actually be the one in the sit ski where when that boat takes off, you don't have control for that moment. While you have a side skier on either side, the boat, the rope at that point was still attached to the ski itself. And we, we go as a team. And I just remember how, how much of an eye opener it was for me to realize the amount of trust that the person in the sit ski has for the side skiers and the boat people and the entire team that they literally are just, they are, they're absolutely 100% trusting those around them that everything is going to go as planned. And I mean, I, yeah, I can't say enough how, how much that was an impact for, for me and how I have gone forward with the, the, the scheme that we've done and trying to make sure that the person who, um, who's never done this before knows what to expect, understands the equipment as much as they'd like, understands what's, what's about to take place. Uh, some people are just, let's hop in and go. And they don't want all the information, but others it may, it, it can make a big difference to have that comfort level to know more uh, about how it all, all actually works. And, um, and I, Actually, I was going to bring Kurt in here and see what what uh, I know. The adaptive skiing has been 
a massive component of of all of this that we've done that this actually led us to the show too that the show even exists if it wasn't for all of our experiences with adaptive water skiing the show wouldn't even exist uh and kurt you've had you've been really the backbone of all of this all along and i'm just wondering if you what were some highlights of in these years of of doing the skiing and and whatnot, if you could share just a story or two that stands out as as um, most prominent for you. Well, I guess I would have to say um, it was it was pretty pivotal when we were at a national uh, tournament uh, for show skiing. And we had the show ski team from Missouri, um, you know, came, came into the tournament and they do, uh, quite a bit of, they do quite a bit of adaptive skiing and particularly around St. Louis, Missouri. And so we had the ski team out there on the water and our friend Chad was out there on the sit ski and we were working on bringing him in um, after he completed the, the sit ski run. Um, we basically were, you know, carrying him in to return to his uh, power wheelchair. And so while that was all taking place, we had the microphone during this demonstration of adaptive water skiing. And I handed the microphone to one of the skiers um, and you know, he shook his hands dry. So his, the palm of his hands were a little damp as he was holding that microphone, which was interesting. But um, so, but I just kind of asked them to give a little insight on, you know, kind of what it is to be out there as an able-bodied skier with a diverse ability skier like Chad and, using the sit ski and that I, I knew that they had a great background to it and being here with the show ski tournament, what does it all amount to for him? And then I handed him the microphone and, you know, dead air is not real friendly on radio, but I, I left it with a little dead air because that portrays the point that, you know, that's what happened there. He was at a loss for words in a way, but it was more that he was getting choked up because basically I ended up, you know, reaching, you know, a very sensitive part of his heart, you know, that, that he really is into this with his soul and um, he needed a moment to collect himself because the whole thing is just that much joy for him that he got all choked up. And so when that crowd was able to see how deep-rooted and passionate that, uh, that one of their fellow water skiers is, um, that just really elevated the devotion across, um, you know, the, the U.S., you know, USA water ski and with the National Show Ski Association um, j just really catapulted us to the next level of devotion with our water ski community. And so, I mean, I guess when you get us grown men crying, I mean, what else can you say, but that's pretty memorable. I do recall that day as well. I think I was actually in the boat at that particular event. And it, that was, 
that was that was a great one. That there it was a national audience that that uh, that that happened in front of, and <clears throat> can't say enough about the folks that have stepped forward, or you name it, <laughs> whatever is needed to make an event happen. Uh, and it's it's been been interesting. We've met some amazing people. And and speaking of of uh, some amazing people that we've met over time here too, we have a, a friend of the show here that has joined us, uh, Denise Vargas. She was on our show here uh, just a few weeks back and has uh, graciously joined us again here today. So Denise, we'd love to bring you into the conversation here too. Uh, kind of curious. I think I've never asked you this question. Have you ever done adaptive water skiing? I have not. I am actually a little petrified of water, but it looks like so much fun. Um, I mean, I don't know. Would I try it? I, I guess my fear is what happens if it tumbles over? Because I can't swim. And not only can I not swim, but then I feel like I'm not even going to be able to float because I'm going to be attached to this thing. So I am, yeah, I am very afraid of water. Like when I take a shower, I have my head down and I close my nose because I just don't like water in my face. Like I feel like, I just feel like I'm drowning even in the shower. Actually, and you bring up some good points with that. That's, uh, those, that's perfect. Cause actually um, things to know about uh, the adaptive ski, you're actually not attached to it. The only part that is is sort of attached is actually just that your feet get velcroed to um, to the ski itself, just just for a safety fact, so that your feet don't get caught in the water and bumped out to the side and then hurt your feet because you're hitting the water type of thing. Uh, so just to keep uh, the participants' feet in the proper spot on the ski, the feet get velcroed in, but that's it. Otherwise, you, you have a life jacket on, so if anything could possibly happen uh you would have your life jacket so no matter what you're going to float and you've got both side skiers right there with you and they will never let anything happen to you <laughs> that's their number one job is to keep the participant safe and i i gotta say though you might get splashed in the face just a little because that we do have some of our our uh, friends that like to wear goggles when they're out there i like swim goggles because uh-huh. that that's probably the the biggest um thing that ends up being a surprise out there is depending on the waves and depending on, on, you know, mother nature and how she's helping us out or not too. Uh, sometimes there's a bit of splashing going on, or if we have to help guide the ski over to the side as we're about to land, um, just the act of kind of cutting through the water that way sometimes ends up bringing a little bit of splash. Um, so, so yeah, you, you might get a little splash in the face uh, along the way with that, but that's probably the worst of the whole thing. Otherwise, you just get to sit back and, and enjoy the ride. Okay, so I'll have two skiers on each side of me. So if I if I do happen to tumble over face down, which would be my fear, they would quickly flip me over and get me out of the water, right? Right, yeah. The, and we go as a team. So it's 100% all three of us together, the, the two side skiers and the sit ski, the, those three are, are a solid team and we're our ropes are the right length so that they were exactly next to each other and like when we take off and when we land and if anytime i want when i'm out there i can reach down and actually the, the cage is the part where you're sitting in uh it's just they call it a cage it's just the the metal framework 
I can reach down and grab onto that frame anytime. And I'm literally like under your armpit and possibly even touching your arm. So we're that close. And so like when we land, uh, we actually are hanging on just like that. When we take off and when we land both, I have my handle in one hand and the cage in my other hand. So we truly are a solid unit as we're, we're starting and stopping. And, and anytime, like if, as the boat's going around, uh, sometimes, uh, as we're in a turn, it might help us to, it might make us just automatically kind of swing to one side a little bit, but we can grab on to the cage at any time and put it right where we want it. We can bring you over, uh, right, left, whatever's needed to kind of keep you in the middle of, of the, the path behind the boat, just to make it as comfortable as possible. And now do we like, is it like in ocean type water or is it like lake water? Like, it, like, is it still water? We always are for what we've done. It's either been in lakes or rivers for the most part. My experience has been in lakes, but I know some of our, our teams actually do their show sites are, are on a river. So it, it could be either one. And, um, and typically we're, we honestly, we've been lucky over time that we haven't had too rough a water, um, w- with our ski sites, if the wind is out of the wrong direction, we can actually get some pretty good waves. And I know there's been a, a couple of times where the, the waves have been bad enough that, um, back when we'd have, uh, Chad is one who skied a lot with us. If with our, our home site, with our ski team, with Pewaukee Lake water ski club, and I know with him, there's been just a couple of times where the waves really were bad enough where he's like, yeah, I don't think I want to be bounced around that much, <laughs> which, and I agreed. It just wasn't, you know, if there's white caps out there, it's not fun <laughs> uh-huh. for anybody. It's hard for all of us. So, so we have had a couple of times where we've, uh, we've backed off and said, maybe not today, but other than that, it, being on either the lake or the river, usually we, we can at least find a quiet space where we can, like, like on a lake, even if it is windy from one direction, then somewhere there's a quiet space on that lake. So we were able to find enough calm water to make it work well. Gotcha. Well, <clears throat> I live in New York, so uh, I guess if you guys were out here, I might feel a little bit more comfortable because I know you guys and I know that I can trust you. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, do we have adaptive skiing in New York? That That's a good question. We'll have to investigate that. And, and if not, maybe your, your, your groups can bring something out here. That's a great question. Actually, Kurt, I don't, are you aware of any groups in, in uh, the New York area? Cause I know there's quite a few across the country, but I can't say that I, uh, I know there's one, I believe in Pennsylvania. Uh, isn't that where Bob is? Um, uh, I'm going to blank in his last name now. Help me out. Casper. Do, do, there we go. Bob Casper. He, his crew uh, with on the edge foundation. Uh, they do, they actually have been in a lot of different locations. I think he's, he's in the Pennsylvania area, but I know they do a lot of their uh, events down in Florida. They've been in Texas. Beyond that, again, I'd have to lean on Kurt to help me out with with locations. What with on the Edge Foundation? Yeah, yeah, I don't have that that all memorized. But when we oh, talk right. about the state of New York, I know that they've been uh, working with organizations that serve people in the state of New York somewhere in that vicinity. So. 
So, I mean, they, they do have multiple sites. So, yeah, they they have been doing more than anybody else on the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. And I know there there is information available online, too. If we really want anybody wants to see where events are taking place across the country, uh, it, it is possible to find that information um, as much as much as they have posted anyway with uh, Wisconsin Water, not Wisconsin. So sorry. Um, that's for our state. <laughs> that doesn't help you necessarily right now. Uh, but the uh, National Water Ski Foundation. So basically, um, USA Water Ski, USAWaterSki.org. Uh, one of the divisions on the website is the adaptive water skiing, and they would have as much information as as uh, possible on there. And at one time, Kurt was even part of the board of directors with that crew as well. So we'd be able to make some connections pretty easily with, with all that. But as always, we, we love being here on River West Radio uh, and always have a great time here with our Ability MKE Now crew. We uh, appreciate, Emily, you, your con- contributions always. And, and Kurt, as, as our backbone, we love this. Denise, can't thank you enough for joining us tonight. And we look forward to our next episode uh, in the near future here with Ability MKE Now. Thank you so much.